The Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. The following is not intended for younger listeners. The opinions expressed by the host do not reflect the views of their employers. A friendly word from our sponsor, reminding you to eat floor, because it has high fiber. And now, we present the Star Wars Holiday Special Returns with Two Dudes. Welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. Dude Two, Joe. And also, I guess you could say welcome to two of our Christmas episodes, I guess you could say. I mean, similar to Halloween, we're having two Christmas-centric episodes in December. Basically, I'm saying, you know, happy holidays, everybody. (laughs) Yes, yes, happy holidays. Uh, we hope you'll enjoy our offering for the next uh, couple episodes in this very enjoyable, I mean, maybe this year is going to be a little stressful for other reasons, but hopefully you can find some pleasure and some uh, escape with our episodes. And this, yeah, this extra stressful, I guess you could say, holiday season. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, so for the next, especially because we're only doing two episodes uh, in December, um we just figured just make them both about christmas more or less so that's what we're doing and before obviously we get into our first offering as always i must ask how are you dude too um i'm fine you know um i've been purchasing Yu-Gi-Oh cards i think i said this on the last episode uh i, I like Yu-Gi-Oh. you know obviously with everything going i know there's like remote tournaments and stuff but i i mainly collect and play amongst my friends if i ever do but i haven't gotten together with my friends so i mainly collect right now do you play with your brother so sometimes sometimes you know not often you know he plays too which is which is really nice and honestly in certain areas he's sometimes like way more into the game than i am which is kind of a weird thing like if you had asked like my middle school self and my brother would be into Yu-Gi-Oh more than i was (laughs) i would be shocked (laughs) But I'm building, I'm building this Dragon Maids deck. You're telling me about this, yeah. You know, and it's like these ladies, and they become like big dragons. They're all like housekeepers, right? Like, yeah, not, like there's, there's like, like a housekeeper, there's a chef, there's like, but they like it's it's it's. I just thought that was kind of interesting when you were explaining it to me. Yeah, w- one does laundry, you know, uh, <laughs> and they become these these big dragons. 
Uh, which actually, because it's funny, because it actually took inspiration from this anime that's called, um, I think it's Miss Kobayashi's or, or something, Miss Kobayashi, whatever, uh, Dragon Maids. Okay. And I watched the first episode on YouTube, and it was kind of wild. I, I will say <laughs> it was it was a it was a trip. I, I had a good time and I want to watch more, but that was wacky, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I I've been ordering some of those cards. I've been also like selling off some of my Yu-Gi-Oh cards that I really don't use, you know, and some other Yu-Gi-Oh um Yu-Gi-Oh items that I don't need anymore. But yeah, that's all that's been really happening to me. I haven't really watched anything new, although we're gonna get to this in a second. But I have been watching stuff. In preparation for a video, I'm preparing for the YouTube channel. You want to get into the YouTube channel? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. We mentioned, obviously, a few times on the show. We even mentioned more, I think, directly in the last episode that we're trying to, like, figure out content that we want to post onto our YouTube channel. Because we made one, and, I mean, we'll, we'll probably still, like, you know, post, like, maybe clips or whole podcasts on there for people to listen to on YouTube. Or, you know, something we, we're not necessarily sure yet, but we decided just to, like, make stuff. And we had this idea of doing a kind of condensed version of our podcast. And so Joey and I have each picked our own double features. And we both decided to, you know, find how we want to talk about them. And we're going to make we're going to make videos. I made a video already. It's on YouTube now. We'll put a link down below to it, or we'll put a link somewhere in wherever you're watching, listening. Sorry. I, I still get the YouTube podcast, like, worlds meshed in my mind, so I'm still saying, watch this or listen to this. I think I even do it in the video of, like, watch the Halloween episodes of our podcast. Like, how do you do that? Do you just watch, like, the squiggles or, like, the timeline go by? <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen to the podcast watch the video but no um my first video is on two dudes and the double feature i discuss is dark man and spider-man um so it's it's a nice sam raimi double bill and i'm actually really excited uh to share this with you guys so hopefully you guys like it uh we there's also a link uh to the video on our social media pages and joey do you want me to tell them which one you're doing or do you want me to like keep it a surprise um yeah, you could tell him what I'm doing. Joey's double feature will be um, two biopics, right? Two biopics about two silent film stars. Um, one is about Lon Chaney. The other one's about Charlie Chaplin. It's A Man of a Thousand Faces and Chaplin. So um, whenever Joey films that, I will edit it and we'll put it up for you guys to enjoy on YouTube. And we will hopefully, hopefully you guys will like it. I, I really, and I got to say, guys, the, the Richard's video is really good. Definitely. Thank you. Give that a watch. Give that a watch. Uh, give it a like because that's, that's really nice, you know. So, yeah, we really do hope to really expand stuff on our YouTube channel. We've been coming up with some good ideas in the intervening weeks between episodes. So that, that's been kind of nice. Mm -hmm. um just coming up with good stuff for you guys to watch and uh and listen to now before we get to our our first film or double feature i wanted to talk to you because we're recording this on november 22nd 2020 and you my friend have been in quarantine for a while care to talk about that <laughs> i mean i guess um <laughs> so okay Okay, we don't have to talk about it. We'll just move. No, <laughs> no I'll, I'll talk about it. It's okay. Okay. Uh, I'll talk about it. Okay, gosh. Quit, quit pressing me. What are you, a reporter? <laughs> this just in. Richard just got out of quarantine. Woo! <laughs> 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 just yeah! the, the Kermit the Frog. Kermit's yeah! playoff. Yeah! 
<laughs> no, it feels like that. It feels like that. Okay, so you guys know I've talked about it on here. My my sister and my mom uh, went to Disney World, and when they got back, obviously for my own safety, I decided to quarantine myself for two weeks. You know, and so it which within your own home is kind of stressful because obviously you gotta like be cautious about things and you gotta you gotta wear your mask when you're not like in your bubble essentially so you know it was just really weird just having to like travel throughout the house wearing a mask and you know make sure that nothing was wrong like thankfully you know it all had a good ending but it was just it was a really like awkward like isolating experience and so on the last day of my first two-week quarantine i get a phone call saying that my mom got exposed to somebody who had covid at her work so literally right at the very end i had to go back in quarantine especially you know now my now my family's in quarantine within this scenario and for the last week or so i've literally just been like extending it and like just doing the same thing it just felt so weird and I was so tired of it, and it was so like, I I I, I felt like I was on the verge of going full Jack, <laughs> almost. Thank goodness that we don't have any ghosts in this house, but um, that you know of, that I know of. Thank you, that I know of. You could put like a sound effect, like a. <laughs> but if you do have any ghosts, I hope they're like casper the friendly ghost or i hope they're like gifford who's who's friendly and i feel like he should be casper the friendly ghost in a he should he should good good goodness gracious uh gif if there's a voiceover job for casper you better be taking it (laughs) so um my mom got a test she got a test right after she got exposed which she tested negative but she also didn't have any symptoms so Mm -hmm. more likely she was still gonna test negative but she could still be contagious So she waited until um, the following Thursday to get another test, and uh, it actually came sooner than I expected, and they told her she was negative, so now I can kind of roam around my house again willy-nilly without having to wear a mask, so it actually feels so good i I imagine like once the pandemic's over it's gonna feel just like this this is like a like a very small condensed version of like when the pandemic's over we're all just like we can all see each other again and we don't have to wear masks and we can give each other high fives and whatnot so it felt like a very like uh what's the word um localized or it was just a nice moment to have and that happened today thankfully so or no it happened last night I don't remember. Either way, I'm just excited to, to roam around my house again. Yeah, I, I think it was last night because I remember looking at that text and I see Tina and I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, what is he going to say? And I'm like, thank goodness. Thank goodness she tested negative. Yeah, honestly. Um, and this is her fourth test that she's had. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So she's 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 rocking in the danger zone a lot in COVID time. So Ma, stop it. Stop rocking in the danger zone, ma. But if you're in the danger zone, keep keep uh, getting out of it. Like you, are, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like she's been very lucky. So yes. Um. Actually, I was gonna say too, not to specify everything, but like you know, I have to be at home for the next two weeks. Yes. Um, yes. I'm, I'm working. I'm working from home uh, for the next two weeks, and that's all I'm gonna say on that. Um, which shouldn't be too much of a, of a challenge, but you know, again. It's just a reminder, folks, 
this thing is still out there. It's still out there. It's still... Tina got incredibly lucky, which I'm very happy about. It's the best news I heard all week. As did I. I, that's, I, I agree. It was best news. Yeah. But you, you, you got to take it seriously. So, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> enough of that COVID talk for, for right now. We'll talk about it again later. Let's talk about the, the worst thing. That the other worst thing that Richard has gone through <sighs> over these last few weeks. Listen, all right. So, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so two things. One, today's episode, uh, as far as the holiday stuff, focuses on this uh, unconventional style Christmas movies, like holiday type stuff. You know, like like Die Hard, for example. Die Hard is a movie that people love to watch during Christmas, but is it necessarily a Christmas movie? It's debatable. Most people would say yes. I would say yes. And uh, the other thing is that whenever we... Like, Joey and I like to focus on movies that we love, more or less. I mean, maybe not necessarily movies that we outright love or, you know... Because sometimes we watch new things and we might not fall in love with them immediately. But we still like to focus on movies more optimistically and talk about, you know, movies that we like. However, in today's episode, we are doing something for the very first time, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking about a poopy movie. <laughs> not even a movie. It is, it is the length of a movie, for crying out loud, but it's not even a movie. <laughs> Joey, you just say it. I don't even want to say the title. What did we watch for our first movie? <laughs> For our first, uh, our first film in our double bill this week, we talked about the Star Wars Holiday Special. And you know what? You think, you think because we did a whole episode about Star Wars that we wouldn't have to do this. But no, Joey wanted to do it, so I complied. <laughs> well, okay, so... So, so let, me, let me just put it, uh, put it like this. So... We wanted to do, you know, just kind of weird Christmas movies for one of yeah, these yeah. episodes. And I didn't want to just do Die Hard right off the bat, okay? Because everybody's done, said, oh, Die Hard's the best Christmas movie or whatever. It's it's the obvious choice. It's the it's obvious the choice. Obvious choice. That's not to say we won't do Die Hard at a later date because it's one of my personal favorites. But not right now. With this one, I know you wanted Batman Returns, so it was like, yep, I gotta keep going through the Burton Schumacher Batman films, which, yes, folks, those other two are gonna happen at some point. I'm just gonna yes. say that right now. That is that is that is my journey uh with this with this podcast with Joey is to go through all the nineties Batman movies. It's not to see it's I know I focus a lot on Burton movies on the podcast, but this is my main goal here, folks, is to get through these nineties Batman movies. So I'm excited. But I'm very excited. So, and I knew you had never watched this holiday <laughs> special. Yeah. I have seen it a couple of times. I've even shown it. Um, I was the vice president for uh, our movie club when I went to college. And we did an unconventional holiday movie thing. The first movie in our series was Die Hard. Great movie. And then I showed the Star Wars holiday special. Now, this was a private Whoa. screening. <laughs> what a drop in quality. Very much so. <laughs> Papers were thrown at the screen. It was, um, people were just confused. And I, I apologize to those people. Uh, maybe that was not the right, that was not the correct programming choice. But the Star Wars holiday special is infamous. It is, it is so 
infamous at this point mm-hmm. where people say people say you know oh phantom menace is the worst ones like oh have you ever seen the star wars holiday special it's got wookies with no subtitles guys <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that's good lord it, it's like had this reputation and like one of the things one of like the urban legends and i don't know how true this is but like you know george lucas notoriously hates this thing but uh, this is like an alleged line then he said that if he had a sledgehammer, and if he could, he would destroy every copy of the holiday special he could get his hands on. And this is somebody who's made such classics as The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. He also made the original Star Wars. He got very lucky. <laughs> but- <laughs> <laughs> That's so mean! Alright, okay. Enough, enough with the Lucas dunking, because in fairness to him with this, he was not very involved with this production. No, he wasn't. I mean, he like again, and I also just want to lay the context for this. This was, let me just double check. 1978. 1978, so a year after A New Hope came out. You have to understand something, too, about this. There was nothing else Star Wars. It's not like today where you could go on Disney Plus and watch virtually anything you want Star Wars. You watch all the movies, you watch all the cartoons, you can watch all the episodes of Mandalorian, all the documentaries, whatever. Back then, they had A New Hope. It wasn't even a new hope. It was just it, it Star was, Wars. It was just Star Wars. Thank you. It was yes. just Star Wars. Thank yes. you. It was just it was just Star Wars. You had the toys and some merchandising because they didn't get the merchandising out in time. And you had this. That was it. That was it for Star Wars. And you feel bad for everyone in the 70s. <laughs> so really appreciate what you have, I guess, is one of the morals. Anyway. It is. No, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. You know. I, I do. I do. Yeah, this ver so as I said, you could watch virtually anything on Disney Plus, but you can't watch this. And this has never re-aired. There's never been a, an official release of this in its entirety, which we'll get to that later. But so we we will say up front we watched this on YouTube. It's there, and that's the only way anybody can watch this. It was a it was a nice copy, too. It's, it even said it in the title. Star Wars Holiday Special. Nice copy. Nice copy. Because the thing is, we're, if there was a Blu-ray release of this or digital re- release, I would have bought it. And I would have watched it, supported them. But the problem is, there isn't. So, yep. you have to go that route. And when you watch it, you kind of understand why they didn't want to do a home release for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be me, like, for the whole first half of this, just crapping on this movie. Not even a movie. It's a TV special. I'm sorry. But we talked about Charlie Brown, so I can't dog it for that. But no, yeah, this... uh, I will say, I'll give you this. This was definitely an experience. Is it an experience I wanted to have? Not necessarily. (laughs) But it's it's an experience, nonetheless. It's kind of like when we went on Space Mountain and I thought I was going to get my head chopped off the whole time. Except Space Mountain was more fun. Oh, dude, now I just want to put (laughs) headphones on Space Mountain. And when you're going through the tunnel, you just hear hear little little lumpy... I would kill you. I would. You would be dead right after. <laughs> Disney, Disney, Disney. I know you do hyperspace mountain in Disneyland. Do the hyperspace mountain holiday special with Itchy, uh, Lumpy, and Mala. You know Chewbacca's forgotten family. No, don't, don't listen to that. 
You're Bob, not going to get anyone Bob, on the ride Bob Joey. Chapek, if you want to make a power move in Disney, do it. <laughs> if you want to lose your job after only having it for so long. <laughs> oh my god, this whole thing. Here's, I think, okay, so, like I said, it is an experience, but it's it's almost so hard to call it Star Wars. You know what I mean? It just happens to be called the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yes. Like, like yeah, it's like, I imagine it was like super exciting to hear like Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and um, who, by the way, um, you know, if you don't know the whole story with Mark Hamill, unfortunately, at one point, he got in a really bad car accident, and so he had to get some kind of reconstructive surgery, and so he clearly, like, you can tell, like, he clearly looks a little bit different between A New Hope and Empire, but obviously this takes place between two. I don't know if it was before that happened or after that happened, but for some reason, he's got so much makeup on his face, and he looks so different, and I'm assuming it's because they wanted to make him look more like how he does in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so, I just remember, like, the like the whole first half of it, we're, we're watching with these Wookiees, no subtitles, yeah. <laughs> which is difficult. <laughs> it's incredibly difficult to like get behind these characters um without subtitles. And then we finally get one of the one of the, you know, famous Star Wars characters and you see his face and you're like, "Oh no." Even his hair is like super blonde. He literally looks like he's plastic. He looks like an animatronic Luke Skywalker in <laughs> he some looks, scenes. He looks like someone built him at Disney and then brought him over. Like, can we use this? <laughs> <laughs> he looks like an animatronic you would have seen like 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 somewhere in a disney park and they were just like we can we just just redress it like he even looks like he's wearing a wig yeah i felt so bad for mark hamill like everyone else looked relatively normal like you know carrie fisher uh harrison ford even chewbacca all looked normal like how they looked prior but this whew I'm so sorry, Mark. But let's talk about the Wookiees for a bit, because they take up a lot of this. I mean, they're really one of the, 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 the main core. They're the, they're the, yeah, they're the central narrative of the whole thing, because the whole thing is Chewbacca is trying to get home for Life Day. It's not Christmas, because it's, you know, it's Life Day. And he wants to spend Life Day on Kashyyyk with his... Is it his wife? Or, like, who? I believe Mala is his wife. Um, Mala, his, his kid and, uh, Mala is his wife. Uh, his son is lumpy. His father is itchy. Those names. (laughs) Mala, 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 I get, but then you get lumpy and itchy. Clearly someone just was looking at, looking at their partner while they were writing, while they were writing the script and they're like, wow, you got a nice wallop on your head. Yeah. You know, my head's feeling a little bit lumpy and it itches. (gasps) Oh, Oh my god! Write that down! No, what I imagine is, like, the in-lore explanation is that, like, good names for Wookiees skip a generation, so Chewbacca is this great name, it's a fearsome name, and then you can call it Chewy to make it cute and marketable, and then you have Lumpy and Itchy. So it's like the grandfather, <laughs> and, like, the son, and, and that's, that's what happened. And there's no subtitles, like, you, you get, that's why, like, 
in the throughout you have like the the people like some of the like i think it was art carney is in some scenes like trying to help them out and like you have the imperials that are there and it, it's just it's it's just a trip just seeing these actors in these wookie suits and you just hear the wookie noises for a very long time that's you just hear wookie noises and then like so obviously it's a holiday special and like any holiday special especially back in the day you want to get like famous celebrities and talented artists of that time to come on to the special and perform something so like jefferson starship is on this for example Mm -hmm. the thing is they're like normal holiday specials like for example i think when i when i watched this i thought of the the peewee herman peewee's playhouse holiday special and how they kind of like somewhat like we're able to work in all the celebrity appearances because it's not it's meant to just be like a variety show it's it's meant to be like it's not even like a a a structured narrative essentially it's just peewee's hanging out in his house and people are calling him special guests and you know all these people are coming in singing songs and it's 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 a fun holiday special then you have the star wars holiday special which has a genuine story to it like they're actually trying to tell a story and then randomly all these things start happening <laughs> like 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 lumpy lumpy poor lumpy <laughs> lots of stuff happens to lumpy in this but um they have like a hologram and then like these like gymnasts that look like they're from aladdin start like hopping and leaping and doing stuff and then randomly Jefferson Starship starts playing and oh okay the worst one this is what really <laughs> threw me off this for the love of, okay itchy who i'm going to call icky cuz is gross <laughs> got some kind of fancy hair dryer looking thing like one of those hair dryers you see at a salon but it actually is like a virtual reality pleasure machine and at first, I was like, I I was kind of joking when I when I saw it. I was like, oh, it's gonna be like something weird, like a like a like a sex machine or something. Then <laughs> the, the singer shows up and starts talking to him like it's some overly sexualized ASMR, trying to be like, I'm here for your fantasy. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> How did this make it to TV? Oh, what is yeah. happening? We are excited. Aren't we? <laughs> like, no! <laughs> He's doing this in the middle of the kitchen living room combo. <laughs> like, Lumpy can come down any point seeing his grandpa with his itchy boner. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I, you know, I have to think about it, like, in lore. Like, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Star, Star Wars Theory or whatever, one of those channels has a thing, probably has a thing, but, like, you know, his wife has probably been dead for a while. He's pretty lonely. And he's, he's probably <laughs> losing his mind, at, you know, so. Listen. Just, it's just like, that's just Grandpa. That's just Grandpa. <laughs> like, I, I just imagine he's using it when Han Solo and Chewbacca walk in, and he's like, what is happening? And Chewbacca's just like, Arr! He's like, well, you know, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so, it was so, it was by far the, like, of all the weird nonsense that happens in this, that was by far the one that, like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't, I was like, oh my god, yeah. what is this, this? This special is also weird because the way the story is told, like, there's a lot of, like, sc- usages of screens and stuff. Yes. 
you're and like they make these like imperial announcements sometimes through the screens or they'll be watching something happening like like the animated bit again i want to talk about that later but like the animated bit just kind of happens yes you get you get the idea in in a weird way that it is happening but they're watching it at the same time and it's it's just kind of it's kind of wacky and then there's like another thing with like the cantina that they're watching that's happening on another planet or 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 something is going on with that. I don't know. There's like, again, like you, like you were saying it, like with the Pee Wee Herman thing, the variety show format made sense. And they were able to do it like that. This is like trying to cram like an actual story with a variety. Like you have like a bunch of songs at like Jefferson starship. And you have my favorite sequence with B Arthur. I call it B Arthur's <laughs> cantina. <laughs> Just one more drink friend. And then uh. it's like a whole song and dance number that that's going on. Oh no! And then all the characters that Har- I, I think Harvey Corbin plays like a bajillion characters, and it's like he plays yeah. one dude who where he pours like his drink in his like weird head, and then there's another c- character who is is like he's clearly in drag, and yes, is is like this alien with multiple arms that has like this cooking show and goes stow whip stow whip whip. Stuh, stuh, whip. And that was one of my other favorite. Um, like I, I think that's one of my other things. It's just everything is so weird in the in this special that you're just like I'm just like okay, okay. <laughs> I was okay. I I expected this to be weird, right? I expected this to be like like obviously you know this is infamous for a reason, but you don't really know that until you actually watch it because this is so off the beaten path like this is so like it's funny because they made us a holiday special this year yeah that's like a lego one on disney plus which is 45 minute or 48 minutes long which is significantly better than an hour and a half long just saying i don't care i don't care if it you know doesn't matter anymore i'm just saying yeah but <laughs> no, it was like it was just like it was nothing I expected it to be. Like I knew that you know I knew that it was infamous. I knew that it was the first appearance of Boba Fett. Technically, like it was the first time Boba Fett ever shows up, and I knew that there were like you know the original cast shows up, and I and I did know that Chewbacca's family had something to do with it, but you don't know how weird and uncomfortable at times and how just just blatantly like strange this whole thing is until you actually watch it so i will agree maybe check it out for yourself to so you just know and i'm only saying that so other people can feel this unfortunate pain <laughs> i don't want to be alone <laughs> but um no wow <laughs> like there's, there's not many words you could use for this just a lot of noises like <laughs> and the other thing that, that's also just so strange about it too is that obviously you know the main draw is that it's star wars right so you think yes. maybe you'll get a decent helping of your favorite characters from star wars and it's like not really like you see chewbacca like you see chewbacca and han in the cockpit of the falcon and it looks even worse than it did in the original <laughs> star wars as it looks like plan 9 from outer space with star it wars does. characters it does and they look so cramped in the, in the it doesn't even look it looks nothing like the interior 
of the Millennium Falcon. And there's like a, another scene where I think when we see Leia, it looks like she like the backdrop she's in looks like she's about to host like a telethon and raise money <laughs> for the Rebel Alliance yes. or something, you know. Uh, and then like when, when she sings at the end, you have Chewbacca in that red robe or whatever. And I'm just like, man, like it turns out it turns out Chewbacca is in a cult. <laughs> Spoiler alert! That's how it ends. That's how it. That, that is. That is how it ends. It's a. It's a Wookiee cult. But the other thing I was going to say too. Let's talk about the animated segment because that is the be- That is the reason to watch this. Yeah, that is that is the best part, without a doubt. I think because a Boba Fett, in comparison to his movie appearances and even his cartoon appearances, I'm sorry, he has never been cooler than in the Star Wars Holiday Special. I'm hoping Mandalorian changes that. <laughs> I'm hoping it does. <laughs> But so far, all he's done, all he's done is just stand there menacingly. Get out of there, Boba Fett. (laughs) No, like, you're not wrong. That's the sad part of it. (laughs) Like, I understand Boba Fett was, you know, he had his story arcs in Clone Wars. He had his story arcs. Um, He looks like he's going to have his story arcs in The Mandalorian. But as far as his appearances in the movies, I've I've I I, I got I kind of pissed my friend off a little bit when I said this because he's a big Boba Fett fan. But the, in my honest opinion, he's just there to sell toys. Listen, listen. That's why Disney was ingenious to make the Mandalorian the Mandalorian because it's the most ingenious marketing device. You have a guy who looks like Boba Fett and is a better character and a baby Yoda. Instant. Money! Why didn't they think about this sooner? Because... I don't know. They made the holiday special before that, so... <laughs> like, listen, they, they, they made Solo. There, there is no... There is no excuse. There is so, no excuse. Solo... After Solo, they were like, Crap, we need to actually do a good job. Oh, but... I really like, like, the animation style on this is, like, kind of weird and funky. It's not... It's interesting, actually. I actually don't mind yeah. it. No, I, I I like it a lot too. One of my favorite memes ever is like you know like the meme of Magneto where he's like I want to see the real Raven, yeah, or whatever. He's like I want to see the real Han Solo, the real Han Solo. Like they show Alden Ehrenreich, then Harrison Ford, and then the bottom one is his face in the holiday special, <laughs> like in that animated scene. Perfection, perfection. Uh, but Boba Fett like sounds cool. He looks cool, and actually that color scheme has popped up in merchandise. Like I have a Funko Pop. With that color scheme of Boba Fett, it was like a GameStop, like, Funko Insiders thing. And I was buying it from, like, the guy. He had never heard of the holiday specials. Like, oh, Boba Fett looks weird. I'm like, boy, yeah, you, you, you have no idea, man. <laughs> and there, actually, I think Hot Toys made a Boba Fett um, with that color scheme as well. And I wish I bought it then. But I will also say, too, when we said that the holiday special isn't legally available for the most part, this is what we mean because you made a discovery on the Blu-ray about the holiday. Yes, show. I think I honestly think we we both may have knew this uh, at one point, but we just forgot about it. Yeah, 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 I would say that's accurate. But if you, if any of you listening have the uh, 2011 complete saga box set um, that 20th Century Fox, when it was 20th Century Fox released with Lucasfilm, when the Star Wars movies first came out on Blu-ray. There's three archive discs, and one of the discs focus. Uh, one of the segments on, I think, disc two, focuses on Boba Fett, and they actually have the entire animated segment 
on there for people to watch. So this is a this is the only official piece of the holiday special that ever got released, and I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. If you're gonna have anything, you know, ha- have that. Have the one part that actually felt like Star Wars. <laughs> but going off of man, like the funny thing with the holiday special is that yeah, it's infamous. Yeah, there's a lot of like really bad things in it, but it's continued to be an inspiration for future Star Wars canon. Like, one of the things I thought of when I first saw this was when you go to Kashyyyk for the first time, that Kashyyyk house remarkably looks like the ones that you see in Revenge of the Sith or whenever you play, like, Kashyyyk on, like, the old Battlefront games, especially Battlefront um, 2. It looks like like, similar, like, treehouse things that they have uh, on those. And, of course, the the Mandalorian has several nods to... um, the holiday special like the mando rides like not exactly the same thing but he rides like a dinosaur like creature yeah the mando has like a similar gun like boba fett in the holiday special they mention life day in the first episode and they even acknowledge this in the disney gallery they acknowledge the holiday special in that mandalorian documentary and of course what you were alluding to earlier the lego star wars holiday special came out this year and that was a good time, and they had some nice nods to uh, the holiday special. That was actually kind of cute. Yeah, yeah. At least, at least when it came to the two holiday specials, one of them I like. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, and it's really, and it's funny to see um, on our letterbox, we reviewed the original holiday special, and then we reviewed the new one. And you know what? It's completely devoid of weird hair dryer sex machines, and that's all. That's all I wanted. <laughs> it could have done anything as long as it didn't have that, <laughs> and it didn't. So good job, Lego. Good job, Disney. Good, good job, Lego. Good job, Disney. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and I, you know, I think it's cute for for kids, kids and adults to watch. It's short and sweet. You know, it ha- ha- hits the right beats, and I think uh, it. it washes my taste of the rise of skywalker so that's nice <laughs> i like that you said that and not the holiday special i would have said the holiday special <laughs> <laughs> well listen listen but rise of skywalker the... is pretty terrible so i don't do, disagree do, do people i think people would hate me if they saw my actual star wars ranking because this ranks <laughs> higher than a lot of the legitimate movies for pure but, entertainment value but me me knowing you i i i'm not surprised at all yeah i'm not surprised at all Dude, this has every, it has everything. It's got like weird plan nine shaking of the Falcon. It's got Wookiees. It's got B. Arthur's Cantina. It's got Harvey Carmen and Ark. <laughs> it's got everything. Does Rise of Skywalker ha- Rise of Skywalker only has like a handful of those things, and it doesn't even do it that well. So sorry, JJ. Anyway. But you know what? You know what? It may have all those things, but I'd rather have Adam Driver. <laughs> I, you know what? Can, any of those can we please have the Adam Driver holiday special? I would listen. Oh my god, yes, I would totally like. It doesn't even have to just be Kylo Ren. It could be like Adam Driver in uh, Inside Lewin Davis, or Adam Driver uh, in any, or like Adam Driver from Girls. Or <laughs> here's my idea. Okay. My idea is Adam Driver is just Adam. He's like the he's the Grinch, but he's just Adam Driver, and he's just grumpy. Okay, <laughs> and we have a, we have like a fan, a fancy pants like narrator, like get Morgan Freeman to narrate Adam Driver just as the Grinch, and he has a dog, and he saves Christmas, but it's not like it's not actually dramatic, but it actually has some sort of impact because of the narration. 
That's what I want to see. How Adam Driver stole Christmas. I want to see uh, that, or I just want to see Adam Driver narrated by Morgan Freeman in in like isol in like quarantine isolation decorating for Christmas, but he's still grumpy. <laughs> so he's just like putting up a, a, a stocking. He's just like, uh... <laughs> and then Adam Driver stuck another stocking up. <laughs> That was bad, Morgan Freeman, but you get the point. Oh, well, that said, we're going to uh, dream up some ideas for the Adam Driver holiday special coming to the Two Dudes Network uh, next year. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, just, uh, you know, listen to John and Kenny's beautiful music as we take a quick, quick break. And thank God we're away from the holiday special. <laughs> we're only separated by an intermission, Richard. It ain't going away. <laughs> I, you know what? I could just skip that part when I re-listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness for fast-forwarding and rewinding. But no, welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In the last segment, we talked about one of the most infamous pieces of Star Wars content, I guess you could say. And now we're going to a little bit more, I guess, especially in comparison, a more conventional uh, portion of our podcast, in which we're talking about I, just a nor not not a normal movie by any means, but a movie. I was about to say, <laughs> like, uh, conventional does not describe Batman Returns. <laughs> it does not. But yes, we are talking about the 1992 film, film Batman Returns. It certainly is a movie. It is a movie. And I'm I'm actually really excited. Because again, this is the continuing of my saga to get the 90s Batman movies on here. So I'm totally excited about this. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was very uh, excited to rewatch this. Like I said, it's been... Other than Batman and Robin, uh, it had been a while since I've rewatched any of these, um, you know, Burton Schumacher batman movies so when you were bringing this up to watch i was really i was totally down because it had been a very long time since i watched this um i always remember the poster for this movie where you have you have bat you have batman the penguin and, and catwoman sort of like stacked up because i as a kid this used to be a thing like the warner brothers like studio store or whatever you know what i'm talking about right you yeah the, one of those like i yeah, had the yeah, yeah. i had the catalog for that from the 90s because my uncle's a huge batman fan 
and he had that that magazine, and you could order stuff from it and all that. And it was that's cool. Really, it's really cool. I think I have it somewhere. If I if I can find it, I'll have to show it to you. But um, that was always one of my memories of of, uh, of Batman Returns was that. Um, and also, in case you're wondering, no, the cover did not give me nightmares or anything like that. Well, that's good. <laughs> which is which is kind of ironic given this movie. <laughs> oh man, did this movie give people nightmares? Um, this one, I've I don't know if I mentioned it in the in I probably did in the Superman Batman episode, but this one amongst the Burton ones is the one I watched the most growing up. It's weird. It's weird to like when you know like the history and the story and like everything like the fa- I guess you could say the quote unquote fallout with this movie. But yet, you know, here's a five year old kid just loving the hell out of it. But it was like it was because um, it came out in '92, and I was and I was still pretty much a baby or toddler at that point. And Batman was my my big thing because they also had the animated series had just come out, and so I probably watched a lot of that. And um, I actually like I remember like old Polaroids of me with like all my Batman stuff and like Batman shirt stuff. So like. I'm still a Batman nerd, and that like that has not changed ever. <laughs> so, but I this one was this one was one I watched more than any of the other Batman movies. Like I had the sheets, I had the toys, I I, I was decked out in Batman Return stuff. Like I and and also like obviously because I'm a kid, like I don't realize what I'm watching. I'm just like, oh, it's Batman. He's fighting crime. But you know, you watch it as an adult, it's like such a different experience, but I still love it. So <laughs> But yeah, this this one this one had has a this this movie and I have a history. Yeah, I mean it, like going to like to the history of this movie, you know, the first Batman movie, obviously huge hit. Huge, huge hit. Huge hit. Like like def- it defined it defined a generation. It's still in a lot of ways the def- like it, even if the movie itself isn't defining just the marketing and everything else was such a defining moment I feel for for Hollywood filmmaking and all that and I mean I remember you saying this to me but you know Burton originally didn't want to do a sequel right yeah he he didn't um he he had done the first movie it was probably one of the more stressful experiences as far as like his whole like experiences making movies because it was his first big budget movie and I think most directors have said the same thing like you know the first time they make a big budget movie it's incredibly stressful because they're so used to working on you know this specific type of budget and then someone says all right here's like 100 200 million dollars go make a movie and you're like what do i do with all of it (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was like well you hire actors like okay I I mean, I could do all that, but I don't need this one. Like, no, 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 trust me. You're going to need that much. (laughs) Like it's, 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 you can't, you can't imagine how stressful it's got to be like your first time handling that kind of a budget on a movie like that, especially Batman or even these days. If you're, I, I I feel so bad for, I don't feel bad because it's, you know, it's a great opportunity, honestly, but like you can definitely see like it being an incredibly stressful experience for like first time directors, or like you know, directors early in their careers before they tackle something like that. So obviously, that was his first time with it. It worked out. Nah, I'm good. I I, t- I talked about that. I'm gonna do Edward Scissorhands. I'll be fine. And they're like, no, 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 no. We gotta make this a franchise. You know, kind of like those Superman movies. They had sequels. We gotta build this up. The marketing, man. The toys. The money. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> 
And then here, and then the, this is, I think, admittedly, probably the downfall of for Warner Brothers that they suggested this. Um, <laughs> it just sounds mean towards Tim, but it's, I mean, you know the history, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, all right, how about instead of making just a straightforward Batman movie like you did this time, what if you actually made it a Tim Burton movie? And that's when he got interested. Because if you look, like, I, I, we were talking about this when we were watching it. If you look at these two movies, they're so different in a lot of ways. Yes. And it, it, it makes it makes me think of like how in comics when a new creative team comes on, like the book feels different. You know, like when like in Batman when Grant Morrison went to uh, Scott Snyder went to Tom King, each writer and each artist that tackled those books made it feel like a different experience. And that's honestly why I kind of love that a lot of the Batman movies are so different because it is like a new experience and it's from that perspective of whoever's making it. However, with the with the Burton movies, it, it kind of felt like a new creator <laughs> moving into the second one. And it was just, it was, okay, it was kind of a weird thing, admittedly. Because now, he, now he's basically given free reign because the first one was so successful. And it it was the like it's funny because like too as well because you think about these days Tim Burton and how a lot of the movie a lot of the moves he's made in more recent years have been controversial. Mm-hmm. You know he he directs a Planet of the Apes remake, which I know you have stuff to say about, which might happen in the future. <laughs> Spoiler alert! I have feelings. <laughs> And then, of course, um, there was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and Alice in Wonderland, and, you know, the the list goes on. Like, as far as just him tackling certain projects, you know, you, you just think, why is he doing that? This was the first time in his career that he's ever had, I guess, quote unquote, a controversy as far as, like, his movies. Yeah, like, thinking back to his filmography, that does... That what does make a lot of a lot of sense because you look at this as especially for a mainstream superhero movie, it's kind of hard to say that this is in the same genre as say Iron Man. You know, like oh yeah, like the first Batman. The first Batman is comfortably a superhero movie. You may have some weird flourishes here and there, but overall, it's a pretty basic superhero movie. You might have a good time. Bada bing, bada boom, you go home. But this is very twisted, very disturbing. And it's it's like if this wasn't a Batman movie, it, 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 you'd be like, oh wow, what 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 is this? This is like some messed up, uh, some messed up <laughs> stuff. This is some and, crazy. It, it, it is messed up, but now because it's part of the it's part of that Batman like branding, it's it's in a weird way. It's like just an, it's like another Batman story, but a very interesting part of uh, Batman's legacy as especially a movie um, a movie property. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, and plus, you know, you know, people talk. Admittedly, like people talk about like all the crazy choices that Joel Schumacher made when he did his Batman movies, or even like what Zack Snyder made when he does when he did Batman v Superman. With this one, like especially at that time, you know, again, like you were saying, this was meant to be like a big budget superhero f- sequel. You know, this was this was Tim Burton's, I guess you could say, his Dark Knight, you know, or his whatever, and. Like, it was successful. It wasn't nearly as successful. But because of how far Tim went in certain 
areas, which we'll talk about, or the choices that he made and and how he was designing and configuring each of these characters, people were a bit scared. <laughs> people, you know, people are like, "What? Like, like I can't take my child to this." It's like you shouldn't be taking your child to a PG thirteen movie, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> it's you know what it makes me think of actually. It makes me think of uh, Temple of Doom. Yes, mm-hmm. you know you have in- Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, both are successful movies. Like Raiders of the Lost Ark is a very successful film. You know, has some like crazy moments, but a lot of those things don't happen till the very end of the movie. Whereas yeah. Temple of Doom has like throughout very strange. Very bizarre and very creepy. Like I always think about the scene in Temple of Doom where the one dude, like his his he gets caught on the fan and he like yes. basically chokes to death. Basically, I, I like that is like really disturbing stuff. This movie has some some weird like just really gross things. So it's just the penguin. Okay, the penguin is one of the most <laughs> just disgusting things. Like you like his face for for one. Not not that it's because it's Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is a very handsome, lovely boy. But <laughs> but the makeup Great least, covering of your bases, by the yes, way. <laughs> yes. But it's also credit to Stan I believe Stan Winston yep. was responsible for that. The late Legend. great Stan Winston um responsible for making that penguin really as terrifying and, and disturbing. Like I always think about his like fat suit Basically, oh, you yeah. see like, some of the stains on that, and you just imagine what's underneath there, and you have like his, his little flippers. I don't want to imagine what's underneath there. <laughs> I'm sure you have, <laughs> considering how many times you've seen this. Well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Look, there's something else for me to be distracted by with this movie. I don't need to be imagining Penguin. This this is true. No, but like, what is it? He, does he, he bites like the one dude's like nose. Yeah, oh my god. That, that... There's, like, I love that scene, admittedly, but, but, like, in that scene, so, like, the whole plot of of Batman Returns is a play on a plot from the 1966 uh, Batman show in which the Penguin runs for mayor, which I think is part of the reason why, when you think of a mayor, it might be part of the reason, I could be wrong, but it always felt like it was part of the reason why, like, when you think of, like, a stereotypical mayor, it kind of looks like that, like, with the top hat and, like, the... Like the like tuxedo kind of look. I imagine the penguin is a disturbing version of Sir Topham Hat from Thomas the Tank Engine. Or um, uh, what's his face from uh? Oh, his name's just Mayor from Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> I'm like, what is his name? It's just <laughs> it's just Mayor. But <laughs> but um, but no, like they they did like a a play on that a little bit, and so the whole plot is that the penguin uh, teaming up with uh, a a very interesting character that we'll get into uh, later on. Um, they try to team up so that the penguin can run for mayor of Gotham city. And there's literally a whole point where like, um, like he's PR people and his like, you know, image consultants are coming in to like help him out and like make him look more mayoral. There's even like a little, you know, people it's, I kind of, I consider it like the um, yellow spandex type joke in this movie, like similar to like in the first X-Men movie when they're like, Oh, what would you prefer? Yellow spandex? Terrible joke. Um, especially these days. Um, but then, like, in, in, uh, Batman Returns, like, he's given the, like, little cigarette holder, like, the, like, the stick or whatever. What do you call that thing? I think it's, is it just a, it's like a cigarette holder? I don't know. I think there's a name for it. Whatever. Whatever. So he's get, he, 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 he's given one of those and he just spits it right out of his mouth. He's like, nah. 
that's not me b and then like there's literally a point where like sh- like <laughs> one of the image consultants is trying to give him get him to wear a pair of gloves but it's got five fingers like do you not see the guys like do you seriously not see his hands <laughs> like he literally like talked never mind so she tries to give him gloves and one of the image consultants had the bright idea of making a a, a joke basically saying he's ugly you know just like not a lot of reflective surfaces down in the sewer huh and then like he starts laughing and the penguin starts laughing and he's like you know still could be worse my nose could be gushing blood and they're like oh oh yeah that's a good one then he bites him in the nose like screw you buddy (laughs) he kind of deserved it like you just randomly called him ugly what do you think he's gonna do (laughs) Mm -hmm. especially when he's munching on a raw fish but it's just it's moments like that that are kind of like peppered throughout this whole movie um this movie is very it is it is i wouldn't say it's like graphically violent but it is pretty violent Uh, Especially compared to, like, other superhero movies. But I think the big thing with this movie that really kind of pushed it over the edge, besides, like, the the, the imagery, which is pretty intense, but the sexuality. This is a sexy movie, but, like, maybe... Not, like, sexy like The Mask of Zorro, but sexy in that... In In a more kinky sense, I would say. Very much in a more kinky sense. Like, like, in Mask of Zorro, it's much more like a, oh, yeah, baby... Let's let us let us dance into the sunset or whatever. This is more like, hey, I'm dressed like a cat. Actually, no, this one's more like, what's our safe word? Yes. Lawn darts? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this is a sexy this is a pretty like intensely sexy movie. And a lot of that has to do with not just um well, mostly Catwoman, but also like the chemistry between Catwoman and Batman just there there there's literally like a whole scene where she like licks his face and like she she uh, like kind of teases penguin a little bit and penguin's just a massive pervert mm-hmm. like like penguin it's it's kind of funny we like penguin um if you combine danny devito's penguin and one of the only original characters that they use for this movie uh christopher Watkins character max shrek combine those two uh, you know, keep this in if you want. Donald Trump. See, when we were watching this, when I, and I saw the penguin, I thought of Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> especially with like, like when his hair dye came down recently. So it's like the black tar coming out of his. Mouth. No, and then I was also thinking because Christopher Walken's character of Max Shrek, which nice, uh, nice nod to Nosferatu. Um, he has a son, which makes me think of like Eric or Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and it, like it, like the like it's so Donald Trump even just like he has wild hair he wears these fancy suits he literally has the word shrek on his department store <laughs> like, like it, it's like if Trump was a goth kid exact oh my god that's a good yeah exactly and like the whole cuz like there's a whole plot with Max Shrek's character and that he's trying to make a power plant for his kid um, and everyone keeps saying, but there's, but there's a power surplus. Like that's how Gotham City's powered. And then of course, you know, as, as relevant as it is now, like you got him going power surplus, Bruce, shame on you. There's no such thing. It's like, that's literally him saying fake news. Yeah. <laughs> so like the, I forgot like how political this movie is for, for, for 
a director like Tim Burton, who kind of avoids politics a little bit, it seems like in his movies, he does get pretty political, at least with this one, it feels like. At least, like, at least he's making fun of politicians a little bit with this one. Oh, yeah, just, uh, you know, with, like, the like the out-of-touch mayors. Like, the one mayor is just like, you know, Gotham has, has, has is a great city or, like, has begun in these periods of terror. And I'm like, do you realize where you are? You need Batman to save your butts every other day. <laughs> There's literally a scene where your police commissioner... I mean, no offense to Pat Hengel, he doesn't do much in these movies, but... You have a, literally a scene where your police commissioner just goes, What are you waiting for? Light the signal! <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, you have an issue? Like, you think, like, oh, we're going to make Gotham great again. When did that happen? When will that happen? Trick question, it will never happen. Never happen. Because then they wouldn't sell comics anymore. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Guys. Oh, good, oh. good grief. But going going away from like some of that stuff, I do want to talk specifically about Michelle Pfeiffer. We 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 talked about her a little bit. We alluded about her. Michelle Pfeiffer, at least in my opinion, it is the absolute highlight of this whole movie. Yes, yes, yeah. The way that they do Catwoman, right? Like when you like Catwoman and everything else in the comics and and uh, some of the later movies and I and kind of in the Halle Berry version, but I don't really like talking about that one. Like, this version of Catwoman is less a burglar. She's not really a thief, per se. She's more, like, driven by revenge. So, like, her... They kind of almost rewrite her whole story arc. So, like, she was a, she was a secretary for Max Shrek who learned a little bit too much, and he pushed her out a window. And this you don't really know necessarily what happens at this point, but you can assume that she's resurrected by cats. Which is, is wild. They act, they activated her nine lives. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, it's funny, like, we were talking about, like, all the weird nonsense that happens in the holiday special. Now we're on to this one. And there's a, admittedly, there's a lot of weird nonsense in this, too. But I like this more. So, but um, she basically gets resurrected by cats, I guess you could say. And she, re- she destroys her apartment and just reforms herself and uses this newfound like persona like sexuality drive like to basically this new self for of hers to basically kill dudes more or less like awful dudes and uh even like the first one of the first like first scenes you see her in you see this guy trying to like what looks like he's trying to like get ready to rape somebody and she comes in and saves her like in a pretty violent way and then she's like saying oh thank you for saving me and then she goes oh you think it's so easy don't you always waiting for some batman to save you so like she's like criticizing like save yourself like i had to come here and do this like she, like she's 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 crazy catwoman's like the one fa- the family guy, guy joke where it's just like everybody gets one exactly <laughs> that's the only time she saved somebody in that i believe but like her whole her whole drive now is to try to kill Max Shrek. Just to clarify on that, I think one for me one of the iconic images in this movie. Um, you know, of course that costume is so iconic. But like where like some of the costume, like you see some of the hair coming out at one at one point. Oh yeah, at the end. It's a, it's oh, a it's great, so good. That's a great image. Um, you know, and, and of course Michelle Pfeiffer uh, does an ec- excellent job with with, uh, with with this character. You know, we've talked about Penguin. We talked about Catwoman. We even talked about Christopher Walken. Whoa. 
But you know who we haven't talked about in a Batman movie? Batman! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always been, like, the biggest criticisms. Uh, criticisms? Crit- 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 critiques? That's better. Mm. The biggest critiques of the, the Burton Batman movies is that there's not a lot of Batman in them. But apparently Tim actually did that on purpose. With the first one, it made sense because it was part of a narrative structure. But with this one, it doesn't make as much sense, admittedly. But his whole his whole thing is that Batman's a character that wants to be kept in the shadows, so he tries to keep him in the shadows, more or less. So it, it, it does, admittedly, it is, you know, an issue with the movie. And I would have liked to see more more Bruce Wayne, more Batman. But, I don't know, it, it doesn't bother me as much as, as it as it did like a while ago because i remember like thinking about like you know but now i'm just like eh, it doesn't really bother me that much as far as like batman movies where i can remember like the full scope of them or whatever i feel like it it the the lack of batman i don't want i don't want to sound like the lack of batman but like the, la- the lack of focus on batman in this movie i think bothers me more than the other ones like again like you said there, there's a narrative purpose in the first one and i actually think it works very well I in, agree. Um, in Batman '89, and to really, which really surprised me, this one, like you know, he he's got a good connection with um, with Selena Kyle, and those scenes are are really nice and a lot of fun to watch. Um, but other than that, I just feel like he's kind of there. Like he, like the coolest shot in the movie is him standing up when like the bat signal shines, and he's like That's stands a great in front of the bat signal. Great, the best shot in the movie. Um, and then the, he, he's there to make goofy faces. Like, I remember, like, the one thing, <laughs> one scene where he, like, he out, out, out tricks, like, a goon or something, and he's just, like, got this creepy face for, like, a brief second, which has turned into so many, like, memes and gifs. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him. <laughs> but also, I just want to, uh, shout out, I don't think we, I don't know if we mentioned, uh, Bo Welch, uh, the production design. Yes. Because, um, sadly, because, like, the first, first movie had Anton first, uh, I believe he did win an Oscar for it, and you know, it was it it was unfortunate because he ended up committing suicide, and so I think I don't know how much more longer it was after he did Batman. I don't know if he did something after Batman, mm-hmm. but he did. Unfortunately, he committed suicide, and so Bo Welch, who has worked with Burton a few times, he did Edward Scissorhands, I believe, and I. Th- I th- maybe Beetlejuice, either him or Rick Heinrichs. I don't remember. I think it was Rick Heinrichs actually, who's also a frequent Burton collaborator. But um, Bo Welsh creates a really spectacular Gotham City, like very reminiscent of Metropolis or any of those kind of like German expressionistic, like Art Deco, like Art Deco times like fifty billion situation. And the only downside. And this is probably my biggest criticism of the whole movie. Um, the only downside is that the entire movie, especially for like secrecy reasons, and because they used live penguins, so they needed to be able to control the temperature, they had to use sound stages. Mm-hmm. So the whole like, there's literally not a single exterior, like actual like they're outside kind of shot. Like everything is in a sound stage. You can tell. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I was I was gonna say um, I think sometimes it works for the movie, but in other times you do feel like you're just on a set for a movie. Whereas at least in the first film, there were some weird sets 
here and there, but like I, I did feel like Gotham City was more of a real place. And the bonus of getting to film at Pinewood in that like backlot area where a bunch of movies have filmed. So having that is a huge bonus. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this one, again, with the great production design, it just feels more, you know, claustrophobic a little bit because everything is so in- encased in this soundstage. So it feels, a, it, it does feel, a little, it almost feels like, um, I kind of, like, I remember thinking, like, it made me think of a silent movie, but with some color and in sound and a much clearer picture. So you couldn't, like, distort that, like, sense of. Like, you could look at it and think, oh, they must be outside. Whereas with this, you're like, I can clearly tell that's not Gotham City. That's just a picture behind you. Don't kid me. So a lot of, like, old school movie tricks that were used for that part, but it still felt, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much with you, um, pretty much with you there. I think visually this is, like, really, in a lot of ways, better than the first one in that, in that department. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think the story had a... I feel like the story had a clearer thing, had a clearer path in the fir- in the first one in a lot of ways, despite you know the character of Batman being a mystery. And with this one, you could definitely like see parallels with a lot of the characters, but I'm I don't know if if you, they if they really went they really went for it the way they could have, or had the characters in- interact in a way, you know. Again, that uh, this is just me coming off of seeing it once for the first time in like. A decade, you know, over a decade, you know. It's like, honestly, like, that was something that I always really liked about it, though, is that, because the whole, like, shtick of it was that these were three traumatized people who adapted some kind of animal form, whether um, in costume or, you know, in the Penguin's case, you know, he didn't have a choice. Though it, it led to one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, which I'll talk about in a second, but one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when the Penguin's choking out Batman, and he's like, you're just jealous because I'm a genuine freak and you have to wear a mask. (laughs) 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 And Batman's like, you might be right. (laughs) Sorry, I just really love that moment. But um, I always, I did really like that whole aspect of it and how each, each of them, in a way, kind of mirror each other a little bit. So, like, you know, with the Penguin... You know, he was thrown out by his parents. With Batman, he lost his parents. Um, with Batman and Catwoman, you know, they're both living double lives. And, you know, essentially, like, these three, like, incredibly offbeat characters and how they all are, like, experiencing things. So I will agree that I to it, to it, they could have gone a little bit more with it, especially from a narrative standpoint. I will say it's, it's better... It's better than in the in like in the um, Tim in first Tim Burton movie where Jack Nicholson goes, "Oh, we're we're not so different," and it's like five minutes left in the movie or or, so, or something like that. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it's better than that, but you know, yeah. But I did I did like that they did that at least for this one that they had that kind of mirroring, even like di- even in like direct sense, like you know the scene when there's that big party, like in every Batman movie, there's a big like ballroom kind of scene. And it was a masquerade ball, and everybody but Selena and Bruce were wearing costumes. Or, like, um, you know, like, one of the, like, few sex... Like, there, it's kind of a lead-up sex scene. It's not, like, an actual sex scene, which is, doesn't happen in Batman movies a lot, oddly enough. Um, <laughs> but um, with this one, like, you know, they're, like, making out, and they're, like, exploring each other's bodies. And then, like, she, like, touches his um, side, and, like, she accidentally 
touches like the wound that she gave him earlier in the movie and then like he's like caressing her arm and pulling her sleeve back and you see like this massive like bubbly burn on her arm from when he got her so it's 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 kind of like a cool like dynamic that they have in the way that they do that it's a much better it's a because we talked about with the first movie how all the other characters don't really do anything like none of the other characters are really that interesting at least with this one my dog's barking if you can hear it yeah there she is uh, at least with this one um the relationship is really good yeah because michelle pfeiffer is incredible in the movie she gives an amazing performance she kicks a lot of ass michael keaton plays really well off of her um i think i think the big thing especially with this movie is just how strange and unique it is that it kind of like you don't know what to expect when you watch it really would you agree with that yeah, I agree. With, I agree with that, hundred um, percent. So, like, because, like, I like, admittedly, like, this is one of those movies, like, you know, that I wanted, that I was really excited to show you, but I was also like, of all the Tim Burton movies we've watched for this, this is the one I was most nervous to show you, honestly. Really? Because, like, I knew you would probably like, like, the memeable aspects of it, like, like the, like the, like the stuff you've seen online and stuff, but because I know how you feel about because i know you're not um, as massively into batman as i am like you like like the 66 batman all that stuff which is awesome um so i knew that that was going to come into play a little bit maybe but i also knew that because this was so like offbeat and so different and so unexpected that i thought maybe when we watch it you would just be like why the hell did you show this to me (laughs) (laughs) so i'm i'm i i I, it's kind of like um like i said this when we watch it's kind of like the flash gordon situation because when um it's not really a situation though it's just like when you when you first watch flash gordon and you left it and i watch it and i was like that was fun but like i wasn't like oh yeah you know yeah so it's, it's kind of similar to that so at least at least the outcome was better than i expected it to be <laughs> you know what you know what that, that that's fair I mean, and i do i do like this movie i, I don't want to sound like i'm like you know just dunking i don't think you do movie. i don't think you do it's just something that admittedly after watching it with you like it's just been stirring in my head a little bit i was actually more surprised that i preferred the first one i think was my was my big takeaway because i thought okay this one feels more like a tim burton movie it has those elements going for it and i i guess i just like the first one more but you know what i, I should rewatch them both just with each other as their mm-hmm. own double pairing oh <laughs> you know <laughs> i would definitely like i would definitely like to watch watch it with you again to see now that you know what it is more or less because i mean you've seen it before but it's been a long time because because ultimately i i'm of the mindset i mean you know i'm of the mindset too that you should try to see something twice i agree i agree we don't get that opportunity with two dudes because of the way the schedule is but i think you should try to see something twice because sometimes you might appreciate some things you didn't appreciate the first time or you might confirm things like the first time like yep that doesn't work for me or yep that's um that was eh, that was good, that was gr- whatever, you know. So ultimately, I had a good time. But both of these movies, both of these movies are fairly unconventional holiday movies. Yes. And I think my big takeaway, my big takeaway is that you could watch these during any time of the year. It's just Star Wars Holiday Special has Holiday Special in the title. But I think you could watch these any time of year. But also it shows that everybody has their own way of celebrating Christmas. I agree with. Oh, excuse me. I burped. Uh, no, I agree. I agree with that a hundred percent. Because I also, you know, what I was also thinking about too. I was thinking about "It's a Wonderful Life," which 
is a great movie. I watch it every Christmas Eve with my girlfriend. Um, but it's weird that it is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Like if, when you watch It's a Wonderful Life, it just happens to be a Christmas movie because it airs on Christmas all the time. It does have that little bit of a Christmas connection. And you think about like family and all that stuff. But really, you could watch it any time of the year. Yeah. Like if you if you separated it from like the greater culture and all that, I mean, which is hard, but I think you can. It, though, uh, funny enough, it makes me think of a, um, I think the second episode, at least the second episode on the discs of the Batman animated series, which came out in 92, and um, there was a Christmas episode, and Batman um, was wanted to go on patrol, but no one was doing anything, like, there was no criminals, at least not, you know, not that they were aware of, because Joker was doing stuff. But um, Robin, all he wanted to do was sit at home and watch It's a Wonderful Life, <laughs> and, and then at one point, Batman goes, you know... I've never seen that. I can never get past the title. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Such a great line. Oh. <laughs> and then um oh man, it was it was so funny. Then then they watched it and then um like uh Dick goes, you know, what do you think? He's like, it has its moments. <laughs> Some, something to that effect. But um no, it was really funny. And that's I, I but I completely I completely agree that, you know, everybody like we were talking about like you know, Die Hard and all these other movies, like you you see like whole BuzzFeed articles and and stuff posts on you know in, on social media and Instagram and Facebook and whatnot of what types of movies people like to watch for Christmas. Like you have some of the more traditional ones, like, you know, It's a Wonderful Life or are uh rudolph the red-nosed reindeer rudolph uh white christmas is one my dad likes to watch uh home alone sorry joey that one's for my sister <laughs> like i said everybody has their own way of celebrating the holidays and that's all i'll say <laughs> on that you can say whatever you want man that's cool i just ranted about star wars <laughs> Listen, but that's the, but but you ranting on that isn't going to get the same kind of reaction as me saying home alone like, let's let's chill out on Home Alone, guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, ad- that admittedly, that was me just kind of poking the bear. A you're you're bit. poking the bear, poking <laughs> like the bear. Like, come on, Joey. So, if you want to blame to. anybody, blame Richard. Um, yeah, it's on me. But yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely. But uh, it's nice that people have found their own ways to celebrate. And I always like I like, for me, Batman Returns especially is one that I get excited about. Like, you know, all the, especially like, like there's so many quotable lines in it. Like I mentioned before how like, like, you know, there's that whole like freak line. There's literally a scene where the penguin yells lawn dart and chucks an umbrella. <laughs> like, like, like what? Or, um, uh, your letterbox review is great. When Batman like says, eat floor and throws Catwoman down and goes high fiber. <laughs> I just want, I want Robert Pattinson to say that line now. To, to Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> Matt Reeves, if you're listening, I know you're still filming right now. Safely, I hope. Um, which I think you are. Hopefully. Um, give it a go. See what you think. <laughs> um, but it's definitely an incredibly unconventional movie. But, you know, I always get excited at the very end of it. Like, it, it always feels... It's Oddly enough, it always feels like Christmas. Like, at the whenever I get to the end of that movie and I hear Michael Goff Al, as Alfred saying Merry Christmas and, and Bruce says Merry Christmas, goodwill towards men and women. 
Like that's that's like that moment. I'm like, it feels like Christmas now. Yeah, it's just um, it's one of those. It's a both of these are incredibly offbeat movies, but both are worth at least worthwhile experiences for very different reasons. Absolutely, and yeah, so. I I definitely say like if you're one of those people that just tries to like stick to, like this is a Christmas movie I'm gonna watch this this this, give give something else a try maybe just just saying you know there's like there's like it's kind of the the go to like if a movie's set during Christmas you can almost argue that it's a Christmas movie and that's kind of where a lot of this comes from but it's fun to do that you know well it was a lot of fun recording this episode with you folks what are some of your favorite um. Maybe not. Maybe Christmas movies that aren't so traditional. Yes. You know, what are movies, even if they're not a Christmas movie, sometimes I'll watch a movie just because I want to watch it. Like, I watch King Kong on Thanksgiving just about <laughs> every year, and that's, like, my Thanksgiving tradition, um, speaking of Thanksgiving. Um, so there's that. Uh, check us out on our socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, our letterboxes. Check out our YouTube channel. Yes, check out that YouTube channel. Check out that YouTube channel, Richard's video, and potentially whenever my video comes out. Um, thank you so much, guys, for listening, and uh, we're going to return Christmas Day. Have a good night, everyone, and happy holidays. Thank you for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special thank you to John and Kenny Armstrong for making such wonderful music. As always, we love you two so much. And next week is our Christmas episode and the final episode of Two Dudes in 2020. And our double features will focus on a grumpy, green, and mean Christmas-hating machine and, well, basically the anti-Santa Claus. So stay tuned next week.